Welcome to our My Horse University podcast, sponsored by Michigan State University Extension. Today, we are visiting with Dr. Kenton Morgan, who is a diplomat in the American College of Theriogenologists. Dr. Morgan practiced equine medicine for 11 years and currently serves on the research committee of the American Quarter Horse Association. Dr. Morgan joined Zoetis in 2010 and speaks across the country to veterinary groups on equine reproduction, infectious diseases, and other health-related topics. Welcome, Dr. Morgan. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to have you. Um, Dr. Morgan, where did you originally practice equine medicine? Well, I'm originally from a small town in Northwest Missouri. I went to school at the University of Missouri, and then my practice time primarily was spent in that same area. So I was in a mixed, predominantly equine practice just outside of the Kansas City area. It's kind of a suburban area called Lee Summit. We did a lot of equine work there. And then from that point, I moved out to Idaho, kind of took a little uh, change in direction there in my career. And I was a resident veterinarian at a small breeding operation in South Central Idaho, where we'd, we'd breed a couple hundred mares a year and, and foal out about 150 or so. And these were all horses that were uh, destined to become racing animals, both uh, quarter and thoroughbred stock. We had stallions uh, in both breeds. So we bred a lot of different mares to those stallions. But uh, from there, then I entered, uh, joined the industry ranks of, of corporate veterinarians. That was a very, uh, another change in my career path. And that was uh, something that very much interested me that I wanted to give it, give it a try. And I've been doing it for over 25 years. So uh, that was a good move for me and got to see a lot of the country, visit with a lot of different veterinarians and horse owners over the years. And uh, I've just really enjoyed that part of the work. Mm, that's great. Um, can you explain to us uh, what it means to be a diplomat in the American College of Theriogenology? Sure, that's a, that's a tongue twister, and not a term that most people are are familiar with, but, you know, within veterinary medicine, we have specialties just like they do on the human side. And so my best comparison would be if you took a human neurologist and an OBGYN specialist and kind of put those together only for animals, that would be a theriogenologist. So we have some specialty training in the, in the area of, of reproduction, both male and female of a number of different species that, that we treat on the veterinary side. So it's certainly, especially within the discipline of reproduction for animals. I know I have some colleagues uh, at our, uh, at our uh, MSU vet school uh, that are working on, on, their, uh, on their board. And uh, it's quite a grueling process. <laughs> Well, any of those specialties, you know, it just requires a little bit of extra training yeah, and, and yeah. effort, but usually those individuals are very interested in that discipline yes. or they wouldn't be in it. So, so it's, it's, uh, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. <laughs> um, you're also uh, on the uh, research committee for American Quarter Horse Association. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what type of research uh, uh, AQHA funds? You bet. 
that is a group uh, and, and the American Quarter Horse Association has done this now for decades and I applaud them for their efforts. But the research committee, basically we're a group of about 15 or 16 people representing many different disciplines. There, there are veterinarians, there are nutritionists, there are trainers, there are horse owners on that group. Uh, so a broad range of expertise really. And anyone can apply for research dollars through the AQHA. They have, uh, you know, obviously um, a, a program for that and a process for that. And currently, you know, and this will vary over the years where the, the focus is for research, but we're looking for research work that's going to benefit the horse directly, you know, in the short term. So this is more applied type research in general, though we will fund some what we call very basic research from time to time as well. Uh, right now, there's, there's a pretty good focus on uh, competition integrity. So drug testing, that sort of thing. That's one area that there is a focus on right now. There's a focus on uh, strangles, equine strangles, which is everyone's familiar with that disease. It's called by an organism called strep equi, very contagious respiratory disease in horses. There, there's also a, there's also a separate fund for neurologic uh, disease and, and injuries in horses. So it's it's quite broad. And then within that, you know, or outside, if you will, of those areas of, of focus, we still entertain research proposals, proposals that potentially benefit uh, the, the, the quarter horse specifically, but the general equine population as well. So um, it, it's very interesting to sit on there, see what kind of research different institutions are doing. Most all of this comes from a university. Uh, applicants are all from universities typically uh, with rare exceptions. So it's, it's really, it's kind of fun to, to see what's going on out there and and who's doing what type of research. And there's some excellent researchers that are, you know, on top of things and are really working hard to make things better for horses of, of all breeds, uh, not just the American Quarter Horse. I know within our university system, um, as a grad student at Texas A&M, uh, we had uh, quite a few funded projects through AQHA and it really mm -hmm. does uh, a lot to support uh, education and, and uh, moving the research labs for, forward at the university level. So we really appreciate that. Um, what do you feel as you sat on the board uh, for a while now, what do you feel are some of the biggest uh, needs or gaps uh, in our equine research to date? Oh gosh, that's a that's a hard question. It's a good question. That's that's a hard one. I, I think anything right now to do, you know, if you look at at what has kind of happened within the racing industry, both you know thoroughbreds and quarter horses, the last few years, and the scrutiny that's come under, and, and rightly so, rightly so. Anything to do with um, looking at prevention of you know high speed type of injuries or racing injuries in horses. Uh, that we, we need more and more work in that, in that space. And there's some people that are aggressively pursuing that. And there's been some great strides made and we need to keep doing that. And so anything that we can do to make horse racing safer for those equine athletes, as well as the jockeys that are mounted on those is, is of paramount importance across several breeds. So that's one area where we're still working hard and, and we've got some gaps to fill there. Certainly, there are some even some infectious diseases out there that 
you know, we still need some good work on there. And some of these are regional. You know, we talk about Lyme disease in horses and the need for a vaccine there. That's, that's an area of active research by a number of, of different folks. Uh, and that's more of a regional issue, but still very important to a large number of horses in the country. Uh, so that would be, you know, emerging diseases. That's, that's another one that, that is uh, always going to be necessary and, and a needed component to research out there. Um, what else? I think too, you know, um, parasite resistance, internal parasites in horses, worms, as we develop uh, over time, these worms seem to be developing resistance to the products we have. And so that's another area of, of research that is fairly active in, in, at certain institutions. And that's some needs that we have going forward because we don't have a lot of new products on the horizon. So that's another area of, of active research and some, some gaps that we need to fill there. And then certainly, you know, just some basic treatments for specific diseases. There, there are some diseases we still struggle with out there and we don't always have the best approved products to treat those animals. So uh, there's, there's plenty that we need to do, but those are some areas that I can think of just off the top of my head. Well, thank you. Um, those are all, uh all areas that, you know, even when we're talking specifically about the racehorse, uh, so much of that type of research benefits uh, way beyond uh, the racehorse industry. Uh, all of our performance horses can benefit from uh, uh, some of that uh, information once it's gained. So we appreciate the point. job y'all are doing. You bet. Uh, well, I mean, hats off to AQHA. They, like I said, they've done this for years. They allocate an amount of money every year. And it, it's a substantial amount of dollars that, that they allocate for this. So uh, I, um, my hat's off to that organization because they've, they've done a good job for a long time and they continue to make a high priority out of research for, for their, their uh, constituency. And this day and age when funding is getting hard to find, it's very much appreciated. Well, thank you so much for visiting with us. Uh, we are looking forward to your uh, webinar uh, this week on uh, infectious diseases. And we appreciate your time today. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.